Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 48 Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. His holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, is the joy of all the earth. Mount Zion in the far north, the city of the great king, with her citadels, God has made himself known as a fortress. For behold, the kings assembled, they came on together. As soon as they saw it, they were astounded. They were in panic, and they took to flight. Trembling took hold of them there, anguish as of a woman in labor. By the east wind you shattered the ships of Tarshish. As we have heard, so have we seen, in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city of our God, which God will establish forever. We have thought on your steadfast love, O God, in the midst of your temple, as your name, O God. So your praise reaches to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is filled with righteousness. Let Mount Zion be glad. Let the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments. Walk about Zion, go around her, number her towers, and consider well her ramparts. Go through her citadels that you may tell the next generation that this is God, our God, forever and ever. He will guide us forever. Numbers chapter 24, verses 1 through 14. When Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not go as as at other times to look for omens, but set his face toward the wilderness. And Balaam lifted up his eyes and saw Israel camping tribe by tribe. And the Spirit of God came upon him, and he took up his discourse and said, The oracle of Balaam, the son of Beor, the oracle of the man whose eye is opened, the oracle of him who hears the words of God, who sees the vision of the Almighty, falling down with his eyes uncovered, How lovely are your tents, O Jacob, your encampments, O Israel. Like palm groves that stretch afar, like gardens beside a river, like aloes that the Lord has planted, like cedar trees beside the waters. Water shall flow from his buckets, and his seed shall be in many waters. His king shall be higher than Agog, and his kingdom shall be exalted. God brings him out of Egypt, and is for him like the horns of the wild ox. He shall eat up the nations, his adversaries, and shall break their bones in pieces and pierce them through with his arrows. He crouched, he lay down like a lion and like a lioness. Who will rouse him up? Blessed are those who bless you, and cursed are those who curse you. And Balak's anger was kindled against Balaam, and he struck his hands together. And Balak said to Balaam, I called you to curse my enemies, and behold, you have blessed them with with these three times. Therefore now flee to your own place. I said, I will certainly honor you, but the Lord has held back from honor. And Balaam said to Balak, Did I not tell your messengers whom you sent to me? If Balak should give me his house full of silver and gold, I would not be able to go beyond the word of the Lord, to do either good or bad of my own will. What the Lord speaks, that will I speak. And now, behold, I am going to my people. Come, I will let you know what this people will do to your people in the latter days. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month, 
the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the, Lord, and the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for we have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. You will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the, Mary, and the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Good morning and welcome to the first Wednesday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Frederick, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 48, Numbers 24, and Luke 1. And in the Luke reading, um, in my Bible at least, I have this uh, phrase um, highlighted, your relative Elizabeth. Um, and earlier in Luke, it had called Elizabeth a daughter of Aaron, meaning, you know, a descendant of the house of Aaron. And I was looking into that because, um, you know, if if we, and it's not entirely true, some, some historians will say, look, when it says virgin, it means young woman. Um, but here in, in Greek, in chapter, sorry, verse 34, it says, when she says, how will this be since I am a virgin? Um, in Greek, it, it, it does uh, mean that she has not known a man. So she has not had sex. She's also a young woman, betrothed. Um, it says virgin like two times in verse 27, but that just means a young woman. In verse 34, it means someone who has not, had, who's not known a man or, or a woman if it's a man saying it. Anyway, um, and so in Luke 1, we find that uh, Mary is uh, a relative of Elizabeth. The Greek is susgenes or cisgenes, which means of the same genes, literally. So a blood relative, not, you know, a friend, not extended family, you know, thrice removed, some kind of, you know, uh, closely related blood relative. And we know that Elizabeth is of the house of Aaron, meaning if they're blood relatives, they're both daughters of Aaron. They're both descended from the tribe of Levi and the house of Aaron. Um, and the Aaronic line is the one that takes the high priesthood. There's other lines that are like the singers of the temple and the, the like custodians of the temple, the Girgashites, the... Uh, the Merorites, all kinds of weird names. But the house of Aaron is where we get the high priesthood um, and other priests. So um, Zechariah is also the descendant 
of the house of Aaron, and he's on duty because his section was uh, it was their rotation in the temple. He I don't think he was a high priest though. He was just a priest, an Aaronic priest, I think. Um, and uh, we know, or we, the story suggests, especially in Luke, that Jesus has no biological father. It's not Joseph. Um, that that he is known as the Son of God because um, Mary has not been with a man. Um, in other places, like Mark doesn't seem to be as hyped up on like whether or not uh, Mary's uh, a virgin in the contemporary sense. Um, and, you know, it may well be that um, he's Joseph's son. But in Luke, Luke points out and emphasizes that Mary uh, is overcome by the Holy Spirit and Jesus is therefore God's son, uh, the son of God. Um, and if that's true, then Joseph's lineage does not pass to Jesus. And Joseph, of course, is of the house of David. And so Jesus, according to Luke, is uh, has no royal blood. He is adopted into the Davidic line, into the royal line. Um, and this kind of goes with the history of kings and royalty in Israel. Um, kings were a foreign concept. To uh, to the Israelites, um, in uh, you know they were begun after the period of, the, of judges, and judges were non hereditary. They were not; they didn't serve like life terms as the leaders of Israel. They just kind of came and went um, charismatically as as there was need. Sometimes they judged, sometimes they prophesied. Like Deborah was a prophetess or prophet um, who. Uh, was raised up and led Barak in battle against Sisera, etc. Um, but they don't have kings. Um, that isn't the way God wants the world to work. But at the you know the the chaos of judges, um, when that system didn't work, the people said, "Well, give us a king," and God wasn't happy about that. He said, "Kings will do this and that," and so. Uh, they insisted, the people insisted. And so that gives them a king um, and tells Samuel, you know, they haven't rejected you, they've rejected me as their king. And so there's this deep suspicion of royalty in the Israelite tradition. And yet David, the second king of the unified Israel, um, but not the second king, Abimelech was the first, making Solomon the second or maybe the third. Um, he makes his promise to David. Um, of having uh, this long line that will give rise to a new king. Um, and so Jesus is a fulfillment of this complicated relationship of God with Israel, in which kings are not especially welcome, and yet God has made a promise, an eternal promise to the house of David and to David himself. God is a God of God's word. Um, and so this is resolved by having Joseph of David's line be Jesus' father, but only his adopted father. So kings still aren't really the main interest uh, of God. And Mary, who's the Levite, she does pass her her family line, her 
her family's blood to the Son of God, who is a Levite of the house of Aaron. Um, and so it's important to look at some of these, you know, kind of overlooked words like cisgenes, um, virgin, I, I can't remember what the, the Greek is. Um, I think it's actually a turn of phrase, not a single word. Um, it's important to look into these. Like, what does it mean to think about Israel as a political entity? It doesn't match the world, the rest of the world's, you know, kingdoms and um, nations. Um, there's something different, and so, you know, the the people of God, the the community of God is not the kingdom of God. I think that's a misnomer. I don't like using that term. Uh, it's the people of God. It's the, um, you know, Israelite or the the Jews called them an eth- called themselves, and the Romans called them an ethnos, a people, a culture. Um, and I think that's a little bit more appropriate. I think that's more in line with the Israelite tradition, not to call themselves a kingdom, because that's not ultimately what they were made to be, but a people and a community and a body um, that follows God where God leads them. Um, and that does have some really important implications politically for the people that enforce or protect that political entity or political structure, soldiers, are not really called to fight, but are called to organize, to structure, to form up, and distribute justice and equity. Um, That's kind of uh, beside the point. But um, when we think of soldiers as political, you know, actors, pawns maybe, um, the political body they serve is important, and, and Israel's political body is unique in the world. And it's important to understand that if we want to understand what it means to be a Christian soldier. A Prayer for the Whole Human Family, adapted from the Book of Common Prayer. O oh God, you made us in your image and redeemed us through Jesus, your Son. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away the arrogance and hatred which infect our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us. Unite us in bonds of love and work through our struggle and confusion to accomplish your purposes on earth. That in your good time, all cultures and genders may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, Always family. Semper Familia.